Welcome back to the Psychotic Break. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kimmy. And I'm Danny. <laughs> I can resist. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> and today we are talking about Gordon Alport. Who is he, Kimmy? Because up until like 10 minutes ago, I didn't know. I, I forgot. <laughs> This man is an American psychologist from, from sorry, I'm really Um, he's an American psychologist that studied behaviorism. So, like, right before cognitism, like, hit the fan. Um, he taught Milgram, surprisingly. Oh. I know. Um, and... His whole thing is behavior influencing your personality. Yeah, this is another personality type episode, which I love because I just love personality theory. I'm excited to talk about it. But hanging on the fact that he taught Milgram and he met Freud, it just blows my mind that all of these people technically lived during the same time and they actually interacted. Imagine being in a room with these two psychologists, like Freud and Alport, add Milgram to the mix. That's just, it's just so weird to think they interacted. It feels wrong because, okay, I think part of it might be the fact that the American psychologists of today aren't just hanging out together. We don't really hear about it to the same extent. Maybe we will a hundred years from now, but right now, a little shocking. It is. I'm in the happiness psychology class at Cal, and my professor will say that he's coded a bunch of different things for different people. Um, I forget the names of the people he was working with, but um, uh, Dasher Keltner, that's the my professor's name, and he codes uh, faces and emotions, oh. which is a really cool skill. He can read your mind, basically, just by coding your face, Ooh. which is kind of scary. Um, and he's recruited by so many of these big psychologists to help them out with their experiments and coding people. So I just... I think it's cool like to have a skill set that you can use in multiple experience experiments. It's just really cool. Maybe you're the Milgram to the I don't remember your professor's name. <laughs> Dasha Kellner. Dasha Kellner. <laughs> Anyways, I feel bad about forgetting who Alport was. He's actually a big deal. I mean, he came up with he's basically the grandfather to the big five. And I say grandfather because Goldberg, uh, what's his first name? It's not Joey, because that's, that's you. <laughs> that the is serial killer. <laughs> that's from the TV show, You on Netflix. It's not Joe Goldberg. I made that mistake on a paper. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Wait, what the I referred to him as Joe Goldberg because I was cramming and I was also watching you and it, it was just kind of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's like the worst fuck up to exist. <laughs> <laughs> my professor thought it was funny. He didn't take off points. You could have claimed dyslexia. I could have. Yeah. Um, so it's not Joe Goldberg. I don't know why I can't remember his name. 
Well, now you've put Joe Goldberg into my mind. <laughs> we'll just keep it at Goldberg then, unless you find it on the internet. Goldberg is known for the Big Five, but Alport actually did most of the heavy lifting. Alport and a guy named Oddbert, I think that's his <laughs> name. <laughs> it's it's an unfortunate last name. They both went through a dictionary of all things to pick out personality traits, which is weird to think about. And I think at first um, there was a psychologist who came up with 16,000 traits that you could pull from a dictionary. And I think Alport and Oddbert, they actually narrowed it down to 4,000, which is a big deal. I mean, imagine going through a dictionary, all of those words defining what are actually personality traits and what aren't. That's pretty intense. I'm, it had to have been like a word map or something where you have to do a generic phrase in order to branch out to all the synonyms of it, and then it's synonyms of its synonyms. It would be too much, especially because you have both positive and negative traits that could describe people. It adds so much more to the mix. And also, how relevant would it be now? I think we would have risen the amount of like adjectives to have used because nowadays we use things like clout and things <laughs> like that. I don't know. To be honest, I I can see your point of there being more personality traits than ever, but we just don't really use that on a day-to-day -day basis. You see a person and you really just evaluate them based on the big five. You see if they're outgoing, introvert versus extrovert. You see if they're agreeable, if they're nice to talk to. And to be honest, you don't really look past those few things. Yeah, that's why this one is definitely great that there's that division between the three because you know what? Actually, I would add, oh, but it's personality, so you actually have to talk to them because most people would judge immediately off appearance and then assume their personality based off of appearance usually. Oh, yeah, totally. And personality traits is really hard to measure. And actually, the biggest criticism of personality theory, um, specifically Alport's theory, is that personality traits don't predict behavior. I mean, hear me out. There have been plenty of studies about this, but situations vary based on a bunch of different factors. It doesn't matter if you're normally shy and you're in this unique uh, you're in this unique situation where where you're with all of your friends and you're super outgoing and you'd think, oh, that person is normally shy. They're normally a shy person. That is their trait, but they're not shy in this instance. That's kind of strange. But then in that case, it would be, you would still have that overall trait if it is significant across, I think, multiple situations and different factors and times within your life. But then, yeah, there are situations where you can completely flop and then you have people that almost um, evolve or like peaking in high school, you know, where like you have your peak year where anyone who meets you during that period has a different perception of you that's probably way better or I don't know than other people that have met you in different times where maybe you weren't feeling as confident or something. 
Right. I guess I should ask, do you think that personality traits can change over time? If if we're going to the different three divisions, I would argue yes. Oh, I may bite my tongue on that. <laughs> I agree. I I'm a, a I was gonna say a hard believer, but that doesn't <laughs> sound good. I am a firm believer. There it is. <laughs> wow, the power of synonyms. I am a firm believer that personality traits can change over time, but we should distinguish the different classifications that Alport came up with. There's three different uh, traits. Uh, well, there's three different categories of traits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll take the first and the last one if you want to explain the middle one. Yeah. The first uh, trait or the largest category, or I guess the category that's the biggest deal, is cardinal trait. This is apparently rare and dominant in years during development and it is this overarching trait that just really defines a person and this would i mean i'll have to think of an example on the fly but the idea is no matter what the situation is this trait is consistent through all situations I personally think that's bullshit. I think there will be situations in your life where you have to, you know, defer from your your trait. I think there are just so many unique situations out there. Like, how could you not? But, you know, uh, uh, that's just a personal opinion of mine. I, when I think of this one, because it, they literally say you need to develop it over years. It has to be a constant about you that people immediately think of you like that. And I don't know if it's a stretch, but I would say almost like James Bond has this James Bond effect. He is James Bond. You know all the characteristics within him. And you know he's a flirt. You never see the same woman twice as we've seen. Um, But if he did that up until his 70s, that technically would be the James Bond effect. But then if he stopped in his 30s then and he decided to settle down with one person, he would have a completely different perception. So... Would it have to be like 70 years of being that flirt to be that name? Or could it also be maybe like 10 years? But it was such a characteristic of you for those 10 years where you just constantly were flirting with everyone and you had that suave energy. Mm -hmm. See, that's where trait theory gets confusing. Traits can be broad or specific. And I think the broader you go, the more you can say that it's a cardinal trait. I guess for me, a cardinal trait would be, uh, I don't know, because I am an introvert and a lot of people would characterize me as an introvert. Maybe the first thing they think, actually, no, that's that's not a good example. If we were to talk to people in high school and ask them what they thought about me, they would say something, and not to toot my own horn here, but they would say something about my intelligence, my mm-hmm. love for school. Maybe they would call me a nerd. Maybe they, they would think that that's my cardinal trait. The thing is, your cardinal trait is always going to appear different to different people based on how you portray yourself. So how can it be a cardinal trait? Oh, that's hard. It would ha- His cardinal trait makes it sound like everyone sees you as that as compared to what happens if all the people that you've known the longest all can like mutually consider you as that trait. Does that count as a cardinal trait? If the like 
quality of people rather than the quantity of people consider it. That's a good point. And I'd like to think that people are consistent enough where they could gather their closest relatives and friends and they could all agree on one trait. And I'm not saying I act different in every single circumstance, but my boss is going to say very different things about me than my closest friends. Oh, completely. And in that case, I guess we'll go into central trait because that is how they're all viewing you, which a central trait, which... I would maybe argue is the biggest deal. These are the ones that we constantly use. It's the most basic personality trait that you use to describe a person. So in this case, Maddie is an introvert. She is intelligent. Hi. I think you're funny. You're a little old school. (laughs) Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, I guess a little neurotic. I would also argue. A little. <laughs> and it was my <laughs> But, like, those would be your central traits. However, I guess if you do this over your entire lifetime and it's been consistent, then you would maybe get a specific term dedicated to you as your cardinal trait, but that takes a lot. True. We actually didn't go over the examples of cardinal traits. <laughs> you wrote Christ-like. Like, and you know, Mark- like a Jesus. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's only one Jesus, so I'd love elaboration here. <laughs> um, a, a, a stereotypical ex- extreme religious person, yeah. Very dedicated to the Lord. Ah, oh, like the Duggar family. Like 19 Kids and Counting, where they are so dedicated to the Lord, they're tearing up that woman's vagina. Whoa, okay. Graphic. I, okay, here, I'm gonna, you know, go back to cardinal traits really quick. I just find these cardinal traits a little offensive. Not, I mean, not specifically the Jesus one, although I think it is arguably offensive, but to to minimize someone to one thing when people assume multiple roles, I mm-hmm. am a daughter. I'll eventually be a wife. I'll be a sister and it's just so it just makes me feel icky to think that someone can be narrowed down to just one thing when there are a lot of things in their life yeah that definitely would be a predicament within it and i think that's why they really emphasize that whole like rare thing but at the same Mm -hmm. time it sounds it almost sounds unfair that we all can't have this cardinal trait but as you said a cardinal trait sounds extremely restrictive. Yeah. Going back to central traits, I actually like this one better. I think I can get behind this one. Yeah, they're they're basic traits that you exhibit most of the time, but not exclusively all of the time. And yeah, traits like shy, kind, intelligent. I can definitely see that. Yeah, these. this is... I wonder if your professor can read central traits off of people or Mm. because if you have a if they're able to read almost emotions, if someone's obviously constantly happy, I would hope that they're also a kind person. That's my association between the two. That's true. Yeah. And 
the idea of emotions playing into traits is such an interesting topic because emotions are fleeting but you're right if you do experience enough of them they can be characterized as a trait i mean if you are sad enough of the time your trait will be depressed I, it's not a great trait but it's, it's an interesting connection I, I could have picked a better one, but... <laughs> I know you, I chose happy, but no, you went down the sad path. We we gotta balance it out, Kimmy. Oh, God. <laughs> the last trait uh, category is the secondary trait, which, again, I think is really realistic. These are traits that you exhibit in a specific situation. So... Let's see. You actually put some good examples here, so I'll let you discuss the examples. Ooh, okay. So, if you are someone that is shy, but you have a job anywhere in customer service, any type of service industry, you have to put on a different facade, obviously, because if you showed up shy and behaved that way, you probably would not have been hired to begin with. But also, you want the person to per se tip you or not be mad at you or make the situation uncomfortable things like that yeah so you completely I, I switch do, I do have something to add to this I have a personal story so <laughs> I used to be a manager at John Juice you know this Kimmy I got you the job you became manager yourself and it was it was all good fun I remember when we hired uh I'm, I'm not gonna say her name starts with an M though, when we hired her and she was this great boss and I wanted to really impress her. So I was, you know, putting on this happy face. I was, I was doing my best talking with the customers. And I think I actually did put on a very different facade at Jamba Juice because her and the district manager were talking and they were like, you know, Maddie, we've never seen you frown. You're always so happy. You must be the happiest person we know. And considering my background of childhood depression, I just think that's fucking hilarious. Oh, God. I mean, it goes completely against the we're bringing back the bipolar episode where because of working with you, I was told you had bipolar depression. So maybe you were in a manic phase. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have bipolar, Kimmy. <laughs> Power of secondary traits, which is also terrifying. <laughs> it is. And I say it's realistic because you're going to have instances of, you know, it just came to me. There is a uh, coping mechanism out there. It's called, um, I'm going to say it wrong and you're going to correct me, like something formation, repression formation, or... Okay. Um, that's it's definitely not that though it's something formation reaction formation that might be it let me do a quick google search the defense mechanism from freud yes yeah reaction formation okay so reaction formation and we we actually did talk about the coping mechanisms in one of our episodes that was a long time ago go check it out i'm sure it was a great episode just like all of them are <laughs> low-key plug and this coping mechanism is where you are exhibiting the opposite of how you actually feel. A woman who never wanted kids may be this great soccer mom, but 
on the inside, she actually just hates her life. Or the example we used in class, and I think we also used this example in in that episode, is you have a politician and he is anti-gay. And then months later, you find him having gay sex in a public bathroom. Yeah, so reaction formation is destined to fail at some point. You are destined to revert back to your original tendencies. So that could be a perfect example of a secondary trait. Mm. So would you argue you're for or against secondary traits swaying our personality? I think I'm for it just because I know that you know, sometimes we don't really understand ourselves. And I mean, let's take that example again, where if you see on the news that this politician who had been, you know, going for anti-gay laws, it would be really, really confusing to see him in this light. And that would be a secondary trait, a specific trait that comes out in a very specific situation. Mm. Sorry, I thought about the government right now, and I was like, that sounds like a lot of people. That's true, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Hmm. But, okay. What? Okay, okay, okay. Situationally... Could you argue that if they do it enough times and they're able to technically mask an expert, the masking ability of playing, like, say, someone that is confident and happy, couldn't that almost be a central trait? Because like, like, it's so prevalent that it's there, but maybe not, like, central as a person, but it's central. I mean, it's weird that it can be central to someone else, obviously. That is a whole, like, perception change, but... It would add a different type of trait, which, like, maybe, like, you're just really good at acting. I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely holes in my example, because I was just thinking, I mean, if he's gay to begin with, that is a very central trait of his. It's not like he's... That even be central. That's pretty hard. That's, like, ingrained in there. (laughs) Well, he shouldn't be restricted to being gay when he's been trying to pretend to not be gay for this this entire time. (laughs) I guess my point is... Bad example, but the argument still stands that secondary trait is for a specific situation. And let me pull up another bad example that might hit the mark a little better. Um, Let's think about it like, um, my point being, here's a a different bad example. Uh, Let's say you have a goody two-shoes he is in a very bad situation. He finds drugs in his pocket. What? (laughs) Maybe someone planted it there or whatever, but he is in a really bad situation and he has a goody two shoes, like, but he's afraid. He doesn't want to turn it in. He doesn't want to come off as this drug dealer or this drug user. So he, he throws it away or he lies about it. And that goes against what would be a central trait of his good boy behavior, maybe even a cardinal trait. So very situation specific, brought out by a specific event. That one was better. That one, there was less holes in it where, well, if someone is gay, you know, that tends to be, like, an overall thing. Those yes. ones, like, 
A1, I would argue, yeah. <laughs> um, well, unless we have anything else to add here, we can wrap it up. Okay. Do you have a coin? I do. Heads or tails? Tails. Oh, Maddie! Sorry. It's heads. I wonder how loud that's going to be on the audio. I kind of want to raise it, but I don't want to give myself and others heart attacks. <laughs> People with headphones, beware. <laughs> All right. Starting our one-minute wrap-up. Today, we talked about Gordon Alport, who is an American psychologist who studied behaviorism, specifically personality traits. He narrowed down wor words and traits from a dictionary, narrowed it down to 4,000, and then he kind of narrowed it down to five, and then Goldberg, not Joe Goldberg, took <laughs> over and made it the big five. The main thing you need to know about Alport is he came up with three categories cardinal traits, which are this overarching this is what a person is low-key kind of restrictive but that you know this word as the person central trait is more basic general traits about a person shy kind intelligent and secondary traits are very specific to a situation and you know a, a goody two shoes who has drugs in his pocket may revert to lying <laughs> I had four seconds, so I was like, oh, I'll just use this example. <laughs> oh, God. No, that made me think of, um, did you, oh, okay. That would be very intense digression about <laughs> drugs in schools, and I don't think any of us want to unpack that. Mm, or maybe we do it for one of our episodes. Oh, we do need to address drugs. We do. We really do. Okay, well... Thank you all for listening. I, is this episode one or two of season four? Oh, gosh. This is one. Congratulations. It's season four. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, we have not made a name. We will work on that. Hopefully <laughs> there will be a poll or a, um, is it a poll? Were you like a write-in ballot? Yeah, we we will ask you guys what you want to be called, and it there will be a link to that in either this episode or the next episode based on how my finals go. <laughs> um, within that, we all manifest that Maddie passes her finals, which she will. But you know, it still needs to be put out there. Good vibes are good vibes. Good vibes. I'll take good vibes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in that, thank you for listening about Gordon Alport. We are the Psychotic Break. I'm Kimmy. I'm Maddie. Bye. Bye.